Today's episode of the Gold Cast is sponsored by the return of the chef. The return of the baby-faced assassin. The return of Steph Curry! Let's go. Let's go. We're going to talk about it after, after once we get into this episode. And then we, then that's what we're starting with. And then what we're getting into, are y'all ready for this? After that, we're getting into the four wide receivers. There are four wide receivers that we want to focus on. The 49ers spotlight. Three of them are on the team. One of them is off the team. But it's not on the currently on the roster. And we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the fate of of three of four wide receivers and the 49ers. That is after we just do a little shout-out to our boy, Steph Curry. All right, here we go. Raymond, before we get started, why don't you let them know where can they find the gold cast? You can always like us on Facebook.com slash the gold cast, and you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore gold cast, and be sure to subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Stitcher, all under the same moniker of The Gold Cast. Like, subscribe, and comment because we love to hear from you. That's right. Don't forget, we are moving on up. So what we're looking for from all the Gold Cast Nation, do us a favor. Help us out. We're about to be on every podcast platform you can think of. And so what we need is your help and help spread the word by doing a couple things. Liking subscribing, giving us five stars on any of the rating platforms. Whatever platform you get us on, hit the five stars. If they have a 1,000 stars, hit the 1,000-star button. If they have 2,000 stars, hit the 2,000-star button. If they have 49 buttons for the 49ers, hit the 49 button. Do us whatever it takes. Help spread the word because as you are seeing, the gold cast is growing. Oh, boy, there's a lot coming down the pipeline, like a lot, very, very quickly. We already kind of hinted at some of this. It's on the way. It's almost here. So help us out. Spread the word. Raymond, where can they find you? You can always find me on Twitter at Ray Solis and on Instagram at Ray Solis one. And you can find me on Instagram at Rudy Solis three and Twitter at Rudy Solis three R D. Yo, Curry's back. Yo. Four wide receivers and the fate of the 49ers hangs in the balance. This is another Gold Cast episode, baby. We're back. Class is in session. Let's go. San Francisco, are you ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom. Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Solis the first, baby. Boom. Raymond. Raymond, they they call him the baby faced assassin. Steph Curry is the greatest three-point shooter this league has ever seen. First and only unanimous, right? Unanimous MVP. There's no other unanimous MVP. Was, uh, man, I just said that, and then I completely self-doubted myself after I I said There's been back-to-back MVPs, but I think he's the first unanimous. He's, oh, no, he's, I know for sure he's the first, but I think he might be the only since then. It doesn't matter. You know what? In my world, he's the only. 
unanimous MVP. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Steph is ready to go. Apparently, he's coming back. There, he's come back this Sunday. Apparently, allegedly, apparently, but allegedly. So I, you know, everyone's pumped about the return of Mr. Steph Curry, but it is alleged because even as of today, S- Steve Kerr is saying he isn't fully sure if he's back. But of course, we want Steph Curry back. Of course, we do. Everyone does, but we're not entirely sure if this is going to happen. Raymond, what are your thoughts? How? This is a tough one because we're basically just going on. We've got we're saying we're, we've always reports saying Steph Curry is back. The chef, Chef Curry, Chef Curry RD is back, and then we got Steve Kerr saying, "Whoa, whoa, 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 pump the brakes. We'll just see how it all has to play out. I think he needs some more scrimmage time. We don't have much time to do it with all of our games. Yeah, so we have to see. I like so, how the the return to play against the Wizards on Sunday was quote news to us." According to Kerr. So it's like, so who the hell said that Curry was going to play on Sunday and then brought it up to Steve Kerr to the point where he was surprised about it? It's so weird how that stuff circulates and gets regurgitated to people. Well, and the question is, here's the question. Did Steph Curry, did his did his camp leak this out? Did his camp leak this out? Because they don't, Highly they're kind of trying to, sl- but, but I'm saying, you got to think about this. Who does this benefit, right? So let's just say behind the scenes, Curry wants to play. The Warriors the Warriors front office doesn't want him to. So Curry's like, but I'm ready to go. But they're like, no, it's all good. So then he leaks that he's actually going to play. They leak it to get all the kind, you know, to get everyone pumped, to, to, get, to, get the, to get the fans behind them, and to kind of force the front office to let him play because he's telling them ready, but maybe the Warriors are saying they don't feel like he's ready. Could be a little bit of that. That's happened before. That's the common thing. Could I'm be, but saying. could be, but Curry's never been that kind of pro. You know, he's not a LeBron guy that leaks stuff. He's not a Chris Paul guy that leaks stuff. He's not a, you know, there's lots of guys that are leaky. Curry's never really struck me as, you know, a leaky player whose camp will leak stuff in order to gain leverage in any one particular i mean hey things can change and people can evolve but curry's been you know remarkably consistent with his public persona his on cart his on court persona his off court persona and his relationship with teammates and coaches so i just have a hard time believing that one but it's not out of the realm of possibility because we know for a fact somebody leaked something because Kerr was like what the hell are you guys talking about I think he needs more time. And, and he, I mean, Kurt did say that he's perfectly healthy and that he's in the prime of his career, you know, and, and they also said, you know, they're, he knows they're not going to the playoffs, you know, and, you know, they're not trying to not entertain fans. They're just trying to sell tickets and who wouldn't want to see the most quote, amazing, graceful, exciting basketball player players on earth, you know, and Steph Curry is one of them. So if he were healthy, it's so Kerr, Kerr said, if he were healthy and we didn't present him to our fans and say, here you go, he's he here's your gift for staying with us the whole season, what would that say about us? That we don't care about our fans? You know, so he's got a point there. You know, there is there is that element of sports because it is a form of enter- entertainment and athletics, although it's 
probably entertainment first, athletics second, based on, you know, the exchange of of money. So, but yeah, I think uh I think we probably I mean, if you're a betting man, do you think we see him on Sunday? Do you say I go with the rumor and yep, he will be there, or do you say mm, maybe not so much after this this interaction okay. with Kerr? In a post torn Achilles KD world, I'm gonna say Kerr's definitely trying. To, here's my thing. This is and I'm I've already hinted at this. I think Curry wants to play. I think Curry's ready to go. I think Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors camp are very nervous, and they just don't want anything to happen to their prizes. They've already had to see one prize go down. They don't want to have to see more. So I think this is truly... Screw it. I'm going to say it. I think he plays. Let's go with it. I'm going to say he plays. <laughs> I, it makes me excited. I'm going with he plays. Steph Curry, we'll see you on Sunday, baby. Warriors, here we go. Back at the... Oh, you want to know something dope? Can I tell you something dope? This is completely off topic. But here was the dopest part about uh the game that they had the other day against uh i believe it was new orleans i think it was what it was the best part was that it said san francisco warriors in the in in the center of the court did you see that i did not and see were, that i have to go back and, and look said, at it oh my god they were wearing the yellow jerseys it's in san francisco across the chest and of course it says san francisco on the right side of the court all the time you know every time they're over there you can always see the san francisco it's a san francisco but it said san francisco warriors in the circ in the in the court in the center of the court and then they were all wearing their san francisco jerseys i was like oh my god i would trade golden state to just for them to say san francisco warriors i, I would i'm sorry i'm sorry it's so selfish i can't help it we just like lost half the goldcast subscribers i just were like hey screw you no come back we're serious no come back it's okay it's golden state come back but uh i'm going to go with it i'm going to say you know what i'm going to go with this i'm going to go with it chef curry so I've been yelling his name a lot in this episode. I, I'm very excited at the prospect of being back. I just want to see one of them play. I just want one of the Splash Brothers. You said you said um, you said he he's, hasn't been very leaky, and I'm going to say he's probably the leakiest player ever. He's a Splash Brother. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! You saw what I did there. Uh, what about you, Raymond? You're a betting man. What are you, you going to say? He plays or yes or no? And you're going to be our final verdict before we move on. I don't think he plays. Oh. I think wow. I think I think they slow play him because they don't have a lot of games left because playoffs are starting soon. Yeah, but playoffs aren't still to like we still got about a month and a couple weeks. Usually playoffs are like right about middle of the way. Yeah, because college has to conclude their tournament before uh, NBA's tournament. Yeah, it's like the NBA playoffs always begin like right about middle of April. It's like in between like the 14th and like the 16th. It's always somewhere in there. You know what I mean? I do. I just don't think you play. At least not, you know, and a part of me is kind of fed into the Steve Kerr reaction, you yeah. know, but Kerr's pretty, you know, in even in that same report, he seems pretty like open to also giving, you know, giving some, giving some seniority to Curry, you know, like, hey, if Curry wants to play, you know, 
he might have that authority. He might just overrule what we think if he's really, truly healthy and ready to go and cleared, which it seems like he is pretty darn close to, to being, if not already. So there is that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Well, what say you, Goldcast Nation? Rudy Salisa third. He says, we're going to see Curry. Raymond Salisa first. He says, we ain't going to see Curry. So which is it? We going to see him or we ain't? Let us know at youtube.com slash the gold cast. I also think he, call, he calls a lot of his own shots, too. He's like a LeBron. I mean, a know? lot of... He's like a LeBron, a, a Kobe, lot of these... a Shaq, a, those guys who, are, you know, by the by the <laughs> KD, yeah, a KD who can just like kind of say and do what they want. I mean, it is a player's that NBA is very much a player's sport. Yeah, I mean, one guy changes the whole makeup of the of a team, you know, in a way that it doesn't work on baseball or football. All right, speaking of football, Raymond, we have four wide receivers right now. Three that are on the team, one that is not. This is the talk of the week right now. It It is the talk of the week. What are the 49ers going to do with this wide receiver core? Right now we have $13 million in cap space, and they do believe that the 49ers are going to restructure and get somewhere around 20. But that doesn't mean that it, it doesn't – it's not like that. That 20 is not a lot in cap space. So let's talk a little bit about – we're going to start with three players that are on the team. Number one, Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis was in the news this week because Mr. Kyle Shanahan, by the way, you and I talked about this off air. I want to talk about it on air. Uh, why does Kyle Shanahan dress like a G? Because he's a, he's a hip-hop kid. He's got like the hat. If you see him like at, the, at the combine. Yeah, the hat hella low, just above the eyebrows, the windbreaker jacket, the windbreaker pants, kind of slightly baggy. And everything like, matches his shoes I, with his hat and his jacket and his pants. He's got black, gray, and white going on. He's got freaking like, Raiders colors, for God's sakes. Uh, what I'm wondering is like, yo, Shanahan, when are you going to drop that verse? When are you going to get on like E40's, uh, E-40's deep cut of uh, Bang Bang Niner game? Show us a verse. Like, hey, you know... Uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly at Mac Miller, you know, Eminem, give us something, bro. Come on, throw a verse out. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's go back to this. <laughs> Dante Pettis. This is the first, this, I'm going to say for the record, as a person who cannot play professional football, I have never been super impressed with Pettis. We talked a lot about his size being a factor on on Monday's episode of the Gold Cast. Um, uh, he was drafted with the hopes of him being a a season one impact player. He had some flashes. He had some streaks. And I said this earlier in the week. I I, I really, when, when I think impact season one, I think of someone like Cooper Cup with the LA Rams and Debo Samuels with the San Francisco 49ers this season. These are guys that had that, 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 First season rookie impact where you immediately saw their ability. Now, Debo didn't come on immediately. It took him a little bit of a while to get used to the speed, but once he did, he really broke out. And I feel like for two seasons, we've just been keep, keep we just keep waiting for Dante Pettis to, to break out. In fact, not only are we waiting, Kyle Shanahan's waiting. He said he wants Dante Pettis to go on a mission. And I'm paraphrasing the story. You can read this online, it's everywhere. But basically, Kyle Shanahan said, 
that this is a typical thing that happens. He's seen this a lot in the sophomore season of a football player. They start in the first season. The their first season, it, it's pretty decent, and then they kind of have a little bit of that sophomore slump. So then what happens is, is that then he says one of two things happens. Either they continue down that slump and they get phased out of uh, the league, or they take it as a growing lesson, they get back on the horse, and they come back out and ball. And that's what he's hoping. He wants to see Dante Pettis come back and ball. He says, I want to see him on a mission when he comes back. So let's look at the numbers, Raymond, too. So Dante Pettis' numbers in 2018, he played 12 games, and he had 27 catches, 467 yards, five touchdowns. 2019, 11 catches, 109 yards, two touchdowns. A huge Huge step back in overall production. And so what do you think about Dante Pettis? Does Dante Pettis go on this mission? Does he go on a mission and does he come back ready to go? Or do you think that he's maybe someone we have to consider letting go? I think he's young enough that we can give him the benefit of the doubt because he's only played two years. You know, he's, he's only 24 going on 25 this next year. And even though, you know, he wasn't able to capitalize on the, you know, his the second half of 2018, because he really that's because think about it, he he only he played in 12 games, he started seven, and of that, you know, that's minus minus four games, he got five scores and nearly 500 yards. So you add six more games into that equation. I'm sorry, four, you had four more games in that equation, you know, there's a good chance, you know, he's creeping into the, you know, 700, eight, 700s. Yeah. yeah. 700, eight, you know, with eight scores, something like that. But, you know, we'll obviously never know. And I don't know, just something, I, I just feel like, you know, he's, he's got a, right now he's got a confidence issue or it's either, it's either, it, to me, it's a combination. It feels like he's psyched out a little bit. Yeah. Right? It's a combination like it, right? of, of confidence and and you know perhaps commitment to football although i don't necessarily get the impression that he's not committed to football to me i kind of lean more towards and and this is kind of reading into a whole lot of nothing because it's not like i spend time with with him and and i can read him but you know just compare just like some of the body language and some of the reports that came out on dante it just seems like he's just not confident like he, he not as confident as he was ending the 2018 season. And perhaps it's because the competition stiffened up this year. You you brought in Jalen Hurd. You had Marquise Goodwin who was who was coming back. You you brought in Emmanuel Sanders mid-season who really kind of shook up things. Uh Debo Samuel really came into his own. Um about you know, he was really kind of flashing left and right in the first half, and then the second half he really just became uh, a bona fide you know, legitimate weapon for defenses to, 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 to pay attention to all the way up to the Super Bowl. And he was terrific in the Super Bowl, by the way. And so I think just, and, and Dante was a healthy scratch, you know, it's not like he couldn't play. They just didn't want him to. Yeah. And that's really the bottom line. Obviously is that while his confidence has been diminished in this season, the Niners' confidence in him is diminished as well, and that's a tough part. I think Dante Pettis is a wait and see. I have no idea what's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if he is not in a 49ers uniform this coming season. All right, next up, a little bit higher up the depth chart, 
as far as overall production uh, since he's been with this te- team. Our our boy, Marquise Goodwin. Marquise Goodwin, 2018, 23 catches, 395 yards, four touchdowns after his big stellar 2017 season. 2019, 12 catches, 186 yards, one touchdown. He played for 11 games. He played 11 games in 2018, nine games in 2019. And clearly you saw the impact of these other these other wide receivers diminishing his look. I think I think Marquise Goodwin really is best suited for like a wide receiver three role. He's very fast, obviously, you know, really good north south. And it's the kind of is the kind of wide receiver he reminds me of like a Brandon Cooks where, you know, for the Rams where you he's the kind of guy that I think in an ideal world has four catches for 75 85 yards and one touchdown pass and like that's kind of where he's at you know he's the kind of guy in fantasy where you 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 plug him in you plug him in at your flex spot because you know that like he's guaranteed he's guaranteed he's guaranteed to get close to between 75 and 100 yards and at least one touchdown and every 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 four or five games he's going to give you a real big game he'll give you 100 and 120 yards for two touchdowns you know and and really pull you in like he's that kind of fantasy player he's he's the kind of guy that that's the kind of overall production i think he's capable of but clearly uh, there's been a lot of off the field issues you know we know that you know that i'll, I'll let you get into that i think have really impeded his progress and I think sometimes there's a question of just how committed he really is to football I mean this guy is an Olympic track star right and that's also a part that was something else he was trying to get done at the same time and football's as as you as we've both talked about before football is the type of sport we really need to this really needs to be the end-all be-all so where do you see Marquise Goodwin what are your thoughts on Marquise Goodwin going into this new 2020 season well to me like the reports that have come out this week I feel like he's a bargaining chip at this point he's he's too valuable to just let him go so i think what you need to do is you know releasing him is not an option but we need draft capital so trading him for you know a third rounder maybe i mean that's something that could possibly happen you're not getting a first or a second for him that's that's for sure but i think you might be able to get a you know a third fourth or even a fifth you know, or maybe two fists. Who knows? It depends what you know. What I don't, you know, the production isn't there for for much. I'd say he's worth maybe a pick at best. And yeah, part of the issue is that he's not been super committed to football. And I and uh, you know, and and it's not it's not a bad thing. He's been trying to have a kid. That's a legitimate thing. And you know, the loss of his child in 2017 was a huge motivating factor for him for him nearly getting a thousand before getting that concussion in that Rams game, which derailed that, that effort. But, you know, he was a just incredible possession receiver in in that season, 56 balls. He was targeted over 105 times. You know, he didn't necessarily get into the end zone a whole lot, but he racked up 962 yards. He was a terrific in 2017. And that second half was with Jimmy. You know, so I think, uh, but yeah, it just seems like he's gotten over, he's, he's, he's missed games and practice for personal reasons, which I'm pretty sure have to do with, with that deal. If, if I was a betting man, you know, I know he finally did give birth to his, to a baby girl this off season. This is awesome. Yeah. This is amazing. Congratulations to him and the, and the Goodwin family. And maybe, 
maybe that's something if he doesn't end up trading, maybe because he has a healthy baby now, maybe he, now he can focus more on that. Or maybe it's it's the opposite where it's like, hey, I want to focus on kind of being there for, for my new baby daughter. Maybe it, maybe it plays the opposite. I'm hoping it's like now that you've gotten, gotten, gotten over the psychological hump of being able to procreate successfully that, you know, it allows, it relieves some mental stress to focus on your job. You know, but but if not, then I could totally see him going somewhere and us getting like a third, fourth, or fifth for him. One one or the other. I don't necessarily know if he's worth more than one pick, unless you know. I mean, I could be wrong. There's lots of teams out there that are willing to do all kinds of crazy trades, and the Niners have been, for the most part, the the benefactors of that. Yeah, I agree. I think a second, a third round pick would be really good. We we only have one pick in the first four rounds here, and so we are in dire need of more picks. And a fourth round, a third round pick would be awesome. Um, if not, I really want to see him slip into that Sammy Watkins, Brandon Cooks role. You know what I mean? That's really where I want to see him uh, get into. That's where I want to see. I think he's capable of it, and I think he could be really good at that spot. But again, we just have to see where the focus is. All right. Our next wide receiver, my boy, my, my boy, Emmanuel Sanders. Manny Sanders, son, my dude. Love this guy. Immediate impact. What can we say? Balling out. Literally from the moment he showed up, he opened up the entire passing game and really allowed Jimmy G to flourish. And it was a just a huge cog. Kyle Shanahan said he doesn't believe they get to the Super Bowl without him and that he wants him back on the team so badly. But, of course, Emmanuel Sanders is an unrestricted free agent and will command a pretty nice little salary. For some desperate team, is going to give him a lot of money. It's just a matter of the 49ers are willing to match and what they're willing to match for. And if he's willing to come back in at a reduced, possibly reduced rate to stay on a super caliber willing team like the 49ers. Who knows, man? You never know. Like they could, you could you could see the Patriots trying to throw some money at him to get him for Tom Brady. Who knows? But here we go. Uh last year, Case Keenum under center, he had 71 catches, 808 868 yards, four touchdowns, played in t- started in 12 games. 2019, here are his totals. 66 cat this is for the Broncos and the Niners 66 catches 869 yards five touchdowns 16 games played all 16 but let's look at his 49er production 36 catches 502 yards three touchdowns 10 games I mean what an amazing production what value coming from a system coming from Denver coming into a new system, new quarterback, and was plug and play. Not many guys can do that. Emmanuel Sanders and Jimmy G obviously had a great connection. You know, Jimmy G, Jimmy G doesn't overthrow that ball by about five yards. We're probably lifting Lombardi right now and talking about what a beautiful feeling, the quest for six being done. And we're talking about a quest for seven. It came that close, and it came down to the wire to those two players. So where do you feel, Raymond? Where What do you feel? about Emmanuel Sanders. Is he going to come back? Can we afford him? What's just your overall thoughts on this current situation? And on a scale of 1 to 10, start with this. How nervous are you? I don't know if Sanders comes back because the budget's really tight this year. This is the first season since... This is the first season in the John Lynch-Kyle Shanahan regime where they're going to have to get a little bit more creative with the budget 
and it's going to involve losing some pieces in order to retain some more important pieces. And don't forget about um, Kendrick Bourne, who is way more productive than some of the receivers we've already gone through with Dante Pettis and Marquise Goodwin. Kendrick Bourne was, you know, a terrific player all last year, and he's going to become, you know, uh, a free agent too. So, but he's a restricted free agent. So that's the good news with Kendrick Bourne. So he doesn't necessarily have the leverage. So we'll have, well, I think, but you, because he's young, you're going to have to bring him back. But there's also Jalen Hurd, who I'm very, very excited about. I'm really, really excited about him. And, you know, we'll, we'll briefly mention him because he was in the news this week for good reasons, by the way. And, uh, you know, that's something to, to consider too. But, but, you know, he's signed, but, um, Kendrick Bourne's not signed. And Kendrick Bourne was more productive than the aforementioned players that we've already spoken about. So the question is, who's more important? I think, I think what you got to do, I think to me, the ultimate is you got to trade Marquise Goodwin for something. And you've probably got to re-sign Kendrick Bourne because he was more productive and seems like the, the will and the commitment is there. And Emmanuel Sanders, it's kind of a 50-50. We might keep him, but we might lose him to free agency because someone just might pay more money and he just might be willing to go for that money at this stage in his career. He might have to think that. It's a legitimate shot. It is a legitimate shot. I could definitely see him... I could definitely see him... I could definitely, I, yeah, it really comes down to this. Does Emmanuel want, Sanders want to win or does he want the money? And, but there's also a chance there, there, I, I, I hate to admit it. Like New England was the first thing that came to my mind, right? Like they, they probably could buy him and bring him in for Tom Brady, right? Cause he needs more weapons. Right. And so that's, that, that, that's a, that's a place I could see him ending up you know, is somewhere like that. So Emmanuel Sanders is the wild card and a lot rests on him. And, you know, we have, here's the problem with the 49ers just in general, now that we're wrapping up the three that are on the team. And then we're going to talk about one that is not on the team. The problem with the 49ers is there's a lot of potential, but not a lot of facts, right? Not a lot of numbers to really back up what these guys can do on a consistent basis. Pettis, very streaky. Sophomore slump, still young. Marquise Goodwin, streaky as well. A lot of family stuff. Not really quite sure where he's going to land. Emmanuel Sanders, not streaky. The man, ready to go. Can we afford him? You know, Debo Samuels, great rookie season. Is he going to continue on this road, or is he going to have a Dante Pettis season? What about Jalen Hurd? Still haven't really seen much from him. So there's a lot of questions around the 49er wide receiver core, and we all know that while this run game has been fantastic, Shani wants to air the ball out, and then that's what we're going to need. We're going to need to start moving to a more more productive air attack, and we need Jimmy G to really begin to take that step of carrying the game at that level on a more consistent basis. You know, we win, we win, but at the same time, this is where the NFL is, and this is what we have to evolve to, and it'd be great to see Emmanuel Sanders. I am nervous, but my hope and desire is that he's on the team. I'm not going to make a prediction. All right. This last one is a guy that has been rumored for quite some time uh, as, as a possibility, Mr. A.J. Green. Now, I drafted A.J. Green in Louis B., our, uh, our Los Angeles co-host. Louis B. and I's uh, our, um, our league of record. 
here in Los Angeles, our, our, the league that we've been together in for like six or seven years now. And I drafted A.J. Green in, I think, the seventh round. And I thought, you know what? I still regretted it. I didn't feel like I was getting the value that I really wanted. But I was like, screw it. Let's do it. I still thought, you know, if he can play at the level that he's capable of, this will be end up being worth it. And uh, Adrian got hurt and uh, didn't play the rest of the season. So that was a complete waste of a pick. But let's talk about his 2018 season. He played in nine games, 46 catches, 694 yards, six touchdowns. That is pretty damn good when you think about, like, let's look at uh, – I like I like the six touchdowns in nine games. It's almost a touchdown a game. I love that. Almost every other game, basically, he's basically every other game he's making a touchdown. Six hundred ninety-four yards in nine games. Excellent, excellent production. I mean, that's that's uh, that's a hundred almost a hundred and that's a hundred like a, about a hundred and sixty-eight yards less than Emmanuel Sanders, but with twice the twice two less games. So he plays two more. It's probably a chance he's over him. At that point, and so just and he did that in forty six catches. I'm comparing twenty eighteen Emmanuel Sanders to twenty eighteen AJ Green. Forty six catches, six hundred ninety four yards, six TDs versus Emmanuel Sanders seventy one catches, eight hundred sixty eight yards. It took it took Emmanuel Sanders a little under a little a, almost thirty more catches to produce a hundred and sixty eight more yards. That's very impressive, very impressive AJ Green. But obviously hurt. Hurt all last year. Raymond, this is a wild card that's been thrown out. What are your thoughts on Mr. A.J. Green? I think it's, uh, I mean, the production's there. He's a seven-time Pro Bowler. He's outside of a couple of injury-riddled seasons. He probably would have had, would have been similar production to, I mean, maybe not on the same volume as and, and Antonio Brown, but definitely the same consistency as an Antonio Brown because he's just been great. And and that's on a team with a, you know, a kind of average to above average on occasion quarterback play in Cincinnati. So imagine him with like stellar quarterback play that just really kind of elevates his game, which is why, you know, Antonio Brown's been playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback over there. And you can see the difference in volume, but the consistency is very similar outside of injury. But, you know, the issue I've got is he's missed a lot of games in this latter half of his career. And health is a big concern. And he's 32 and he's a big guy. Well, he's going to turn 32 this summertime, but he's missed like, what, like 29 games since 2016. That's a lot. And I hate that's like two you know seasons what? worth. Yeah, and it just drives me nuts, man. I'm just also tired of seeing the 49ers take these flyers on injuries. I mean, Jason Verrett, right, the cornerback. It was like 20 minutes and boom, he's gone. I'm just like, oh God, I don't like this bulky esque flyers on on a torn ACL. Can I get can I tear my ACL and go sign up for the Niners and get a million bucks? Cause like I feel like that's like a thing we can do. That's a that's an excellent investment. I will gladly tear my ACL. I will get on the ladder, jump off the ladder, and land on my right leg and just let it go. And, and just give me a million bucks. I'll sign up for the Niners. It's a wonderful investment opportunity here. 
I'm just tired of I'm just tired of us doing that. And I I want to believe in AJ Green, but I also just I don't believe in the curse of the of the Niners when it comes to these kinds of things. You know what I mean? Like the Niners have not really this is really the only one that's panned out, Richard Sherman. And dividends, but Richard Sherman is not just anybody. He is a he is a top tier, Deion Sanders esque level cornerback. You know what I mean? This is not just anybody here. This he's got a mental fortitude and a level of resiliency that ninety percent of the league doesn't have. So you know he's he's a special case. But a lot of these other guys, it just doesn't work out. You know what I mean? And Green's going to be a, I mean. It does, but I mean, like it's it's worked out, but it's also it's 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 hit and miss. I think in this case, I think it was mostly miss in the Trent Balky era, with the exception of like 2011 through 2013. But after that, it just seemed to be strikeout after strikeout, just a horrible you know streak of misses, just to the point where the team really suffered. And in this regime, it's it's kind of been a little hit and miss. You know, I would say. It was definitely a hit with Richard Sherman, although we had to kind of eat a couple years of mediocrity before we saw the dividends of that, although he played pretty solid last year. This year, he was really back into form. It's a two-year injury. That's yeah. the problem. And, it and really is to a be honest, Quan Alexander was excellent up until the injury, and then his presence was definitely welcomed, but he certainly wasn't the same player, which is probably why he opted to do the surgery in the offseason just to get back to 100% because, you know, he was definitely, I, he's definitely, he was playing like he wasn't 100%. The, the, the fire wasn't there. The, the ball instincts weren't there. He just looked off, but, you know, he was still, it's still nice to have the entire defense intact just because I think it was, uh, it was very key in getting us to the Super Bowl. But, you know who else? Who else was there? There was uh oh um our center our center you know he I know he got injured and ended up missing the rest of the season but he's been mostly great for the most part but I mean that's the problem you you buy these veteran players and you know health is is a an, an injury you're gonna have to deal with. Marquise Goodwin was a veteran when we brought him in for the three years for like eighteen million. He was terrific in the first year and just has really kind of trailed off in the, those these latter two years. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, another one. We spent a, spent a ton of money on him. Uh, hasn't seen the field once at all in starting regular season action. However, conversely, we signed Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk, he's been the best, fo- be- the best fullback in the league since we signed him. Has made the Pro Bowl every single year he's been with us, including the one he was coming off of in Baltimore. So that's been a good one. So again, I see a lot of 50-50 with these moves and I don't see the same inconsistency that we've been getting with uh with the Trent Balky era. Emmanuel Sanders, another one. We took we took him. He was injured for a little bit, but he was mostly terrific and very instrumental in getting us to the championship. Another hit there. So there's been some good there's been some good moves defensively you know, and offensively to get some good players. And there's also been some misses. So, but I think with AJ, it's tough because you have Jalen Hurd, who supposedly is healthy now, you know, Jalen Hurd is healthy and expected to be back in the off season. And by the way, guess what? You know, AJ Green, 6'4", 210 pounds. Jalen Hurd, 6'4", 227 pounds. And Jalen Hurd has experience playing as a running, as a wide receiver and a running back. So he's got the skill sets of, of a dual player, which again is one of the reasons why Kyle Shanahan loved this kid was because not only does he have size, but he has 
the football acumen of two positions, two very terrific positions. That means that this guy has the size and skill set to be a big target wide receiver, just like an AJ Green, but also has the running capability of you know, a running back, that's terrific. And we saw that in one of the preseason games that he played this season where he caught the ball and then he bull rushed two defenders into the end zone. I mean, that's, and he, and the technique he used in that bull rush was very running back-esque. And then we saw him go up and leap for a ball because he's 6'4". I mean, this guy's, you know, he's an, he's an inch smaller than Mike Evans for Tampa Bay, who's, I believe, 6'5". 6'5", uh, two, 231. You know, Mike Evans is a little bit bigger, but Jalen Hurd's right there. He's right in between A.J. Green and Mike Evans. This guy, this kid, if this kid can stay healthy, and he's very, very young. If he can, and he, He's just missed his rookie year. A lot of rookies struggle in their first year or have injuries that they can't seem to get over. And, but if Jalen Hurd can overcome that and start to tap into the talent that we saw a, f- a couple flashes on in the preseason, this kid is capable of becoming an A.J. Green or Mike Evans type of receiver. He's got that kind of ceiling. He Not only does he have the measurements, but I feel like the skill sets there. He's just got to get coached into it. And so, so that's the other thing too. It's like, do you take a chance on an AJ Green, who's gonna, you know, probably be in a position, given his injury history being so recent, that he's gonna be in more of a Richard Sherman territory, where, you know, it's kind of like a prove it contract, versus like, well, you know, we'll pay you. You know, I mean, I, I, there's some teams that I think are gonna take that risk because you know, a, a, a toe injury is different from an ACL tear. So, so I, so I get that comparison, but at the same time, it's like, do you spend the capital necessary to get an AJ green or do you bank on some of your more less, less expensive investments that are still very much unproven and still very much have, you know, a lot of room to grow and turn into something special, especially with the way this team's put together and the philosophy there. It's something that a lot of players seem to have really latched onto. And even veteran players have, have seen the value in that. Quan Alexander is totally bought in. Emmanuel Sanders is totally bought in. Kyle Juszczyk is totally bought in. I mean, even Robbie Gold is totally bought in. Another veteran that we signed that was very, very productive for us. So I think um, if it was me, I would pass on A.J. Green and bank on Jalen Hurd because he's younger his 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 ceiling has yet to be tapped into, but he has the same he has skill sets that can really turn him into one of the premier big men, big target wide receivers that we already have in the NFL, such as, you know, like an AJ Green or my personal favorite, Mike Evans. Nice. I love it. Okay, so what say you, Goldcast Nation? What do you think about Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, Emmanuel Sanders, AJ Green? Who do we keep? Should we go after AJ Green? Are you pumped about Jalen Hurd? Raymond, I am with you. I am more and more pumped on Jalen Hurd. And God darn it, you keep selling me on him every gold cast. I'm loving this. Now people people right. forget about his size. He's the same size as AJ Green. It's the same size. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Let us know your thoughts on youtube.com slash the gold cast. We have got a mailbag coming up. Uh, very, very soon. We've got a big mailbag because we, you guys are due and you guys have been so fantastic in the comments and we need to give back, Ray, and make sure that the Goldcast is heard on 
the podcast. So we will be coming. The mailbag is coming very soon. Maybe even this Monday. Spoiler alert. All right. So let us know on YouTube.com slash the Goldcast what your thoughts are on Dante Pettis, Marquise Goodwin, Emmanuel Sanders, and AJ Green. So concludes another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the Voice of the Bay. I'm your host, Rudy Salisa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raymond Salisa first, baby. Boom. We'll see you next time. Same Gold Cast time, same Gold Cast channel. This is, is the Gold Cast.